0: partnering with your future mother-in-law. Not something that most of us are going to try to attempt. but today's guest, Mr. Tyler Hughes, his very first deal, I guess is a true test of how the uh, marrying into the family is going to be. His first deal, his first partner was with his mother-in-law. Incredible, incredible guest coming to you today. This is show number 150 from the W2 Capitalist Podcast. I am your host, Jay Helms, and we are here as a resource for married men and women I've been saying 30 to 40-year-old, but I think we're going to expand that out because we've gotten a lot of folks who are just ignoring that demographic warning, coming in and saying, hey, I'm 25, I'm married, I've got a couple of kids that make over $100,000 a year. And I want to know everything you're talking about, the W2 Capitalist, because I fit your criteria as well, Mr. J. Helms. And I want to talk about that. So a lot of people are, are were getting a lot more reviews on iTunes. So thank you for listening on iTunes. Megan is one of those reviews we recently just received. She says, I love this podcast. So glad I found it. Jay does such a good job covering a variety of topics. I would recommend this show to anyone. And it looks like she has been recommending it to everyone, the amount of downloads we're getting. So thank you, Megan. Thank you for leaving that rating and review. That's the five stars plus the, the comment. And now we want to ask you to do the same, right? If you get anything out of today's show, take about two minutes. It takes about two minutes. Other shows are going to tell you it takes about 30 seconds, but it actually takes about two minutes. To go into iTunes, right where you subscribe to this, click on the the re, re, leave a rating and review. Don't know why I'm getting mixed up on more words there. And when you do that, it's going to help more people uh, get exposed to the show and learn more about real estate investing, as having a having a family and having a W two job and how to focus on all of that. So before we get into today of the meat of today's episode with mr tyler hughes i want to point you to our sponsor and my personal agent mr mark willis if you have ever taken a minute to total up just how much you pay to finance or just in finance charges to banks and credit card companies and mortgages student loans cars vacations etc you're going to see that in your lifetime this can easily add up to hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars. And don't worry, we're not talking about uh, this um, be debt-free, Dave Ramsey type stuff. It's actually the opposite, right? So we're gonna leverage debt. We're also gonna talk about, on this channel, we also talk about being smart with your money, right? And one of the smartest things I've ever done with our money is start an infinite banking concept account, which is the bank on yourself strategy is a strategy I wanna introduce to you. It's been used for hundreds of years, that uh, mainly just through the Uber rich, right? Uh, To make themselves more wealthy, right? But guess what? You and I can use it too. So at the end of this episode, we're we're gonna get right into it with Tyler, but at the end of this episode, I'm gonna give you a link to connect with Mark for a free 15 minute consultation to discover if the bank on yourself concept is right for you. But for now, let's get into today's episode with Mr. Tyler Hughes. Tyler, welcome to the show, man. Excited to be here, Jay. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, man. So you're located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You've been investing in real estate for five years now. You're a rehabber. You're primarily focused on fix and flip and buying long-term rentals. You've purchased around 30 single family homes, right? You've done a few wholesale uh, deals here and there, which I have yet to do. I don't know that I'm ever gonna do one of those. But who is Tyler Hughes personally? Who are you? Honestly, man, I'm kind of a boring investor. <laughs> um, all
1: All my houses look the same. Just a, you know, we don't do anything necessarily fancy on our rehabs. It's kind of a cookie cutter deal, and you know, just a flipper. And then I, I do a lot of burr investing as well. And I mean, it's nothing nothing fancy, nothing sophisticated, but it works for us. And uh, you know, we're going to keep doing that moving forward.
0: Yeah, but personally, you're you're married. Um, I saw a note that your uh, first business partner was your mother-in-law, right? It was, it was. And uh, I am extremely, you know, I don't have the same, I don't have, you know, there is a stigma with mother-in-laws and son-in-laws, right? Right. I don't have that stigma, at least I don't think I do with my mother-in-law. But to go to the step of being a business partner, not only just a business partner, but your very first business partner in real estate investing, that's quite a leap, man. So so walk us through that for just a minute.
1: Well, it was funny because she wasn't yet my mother-in-law. I've been dating my wife for a couple of years.
0: Did the uh, marriage hinge on the completion? Did you have to, (laughs) to successfully bring her out of this business uh transaction before you was at the test if you could take their daughter's hand in marriage is that what that was we'll go with that <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh it was an interesting story man i i had no interest or knowledge or anything about real estate um i'm, I'm very very close with my mother-in-law and we have a lot of skill sets that complemented each other well she had texted me one time texted me about this one of the guru classes said, right. Hey, yeah. um, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, yeah, let's go check it out. And, you know, drank the Kool-Aid listened to what they were saying. And I didn't really know that real estate was going to be my life, but I was making thirty five thousand dollars a year and uh, didn't really enjoy what I was doing. So I was like, "All right,
0: this sounds who, pretty good." Who Let's, can enjoy home. what they're doing if they're making thirty five thousand dollars?
1: Or somebody <laughs> exactly. else,
0: right? I, I just exactly. I don't know if that's, uh, a goal that can be accomplished. But
1: you know, we bought into it, and you know, I, I won't mention the company name um, because. It's a great thing, but I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend anybody new doing that. It worked for me because when you invest that kind of money, you're going to get your ass in gear. You got to get
0: that money back, right? You got to. You got, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Um, but there are other ways. You know, you got you got the W2 Cap, once you got bigger pockets. There's all other avenues to where um, you don't have to face that financial hardship early on.
0: Yeah. Um, do you? So, would but it worked for us. Okay. Yeah. So, so, would you, if you had to do it over again, would you still go the path that you uh, started with? Cause I'm, I, on the I f- say, I'm on the fence with, with these guru courses. And, and just for clarity, what I mean by that is somebody who's going to charge you 25 to $30,000 or even more to come be part of their program. And it may not be that upfront. So a lot of these uh, that I've heard about is they invite you to this free conference, you get to the conference, they make a presentation, they they tell you, hey, we're only going to take the first 10 people that sign up, there's a booth in the back, and it's going to be $5,000, right? And, you get, and then you get to the $5,000 seminar, and they're like, all right, but if you want the real stuff, then you've got to pay an extra 25 to 30 to get the real stuff. And And at this time, because we're so overbooked, we're only going to take five people, right? First five you people are back.
1: To, very correct. You're you're, you're you know, close. So it's, it's a lot like that. <laughs> and
0: they and then they always take more than than they say they're going to do because it's, they're trying to they're <laughs> yeah. trying to drive. Right. There's something to that, right? Amazon does the exact same thing. You go to Amazon right now. You look up anything that you're looking to buy. What's the little one? What's the little line right there above the buy button? Right. It's how many yeah. are left in stock. Right. And it's exactly. usually three or four. Right. It's 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 very minimum to encourage you. Hey, if I don't hurry up and buy this, I'm going to be out of luck. Same thing, this, this new camera that I have, I did the exact same thing. I logged on and I was, we were out of town and I didn't want a very expensive camera sitting on our doorstep. Right. I mean, our neighbor's going to pick it up, but I hate, I hate bothering people for stuff like that. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to order it because I want to wait and time it for when we get back. And when I, when I logged in to order it, there was, there was two left in stock. I had to, you know, I was like, I got to do it now. And I'll call my neighbor to have him pick it up, whatever. Anyway. So it's just, I I don't know. I I hear stories like your, I feel like your stories like yours are the exception to the rule, right? When it comes to these guru courses of people being very successful at them. And, uh, you know, I think if, uh, because if, I mean, it was 25, 30,000, but you said you were making 30,000 a year. I mean, that's yeah. that's quite the investment, my man. That's uh <laughs> it, it, it was. And I was I was I've always
1: been pretty financially disciplined. I was uh whooped into that as a child and um you know I I saved the money, but it was all I had. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. everything that I that I ever
0: had. And so um And you were not married I, at this time, right? I was not married. Because your um, wife would have probably slapped you upside the head with a frying pan. <laughs> you, you know, actually, not. She, she. One thing I will say about her is, you know, she, she
1: would literally walk through fire with me if I asked her to. And love anything it. that I've done, um, whether it started that or you know, quitting my job a year ago, there, there was no hesitance with her. And that's that's one of the the many things that I do love about her. Is there's been just an unbelievable support system. Um, you know, while she's not really actively involved in my business, the support's always been there. So, uh, I have been lucky on that front.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So you just mentioned it, you quit your W2, um, last year, a little, a little over a year ago. Um, but you started out investing while you had a W2 job. What what was your job? Right.
1: Um, so I was, I was in sales, Uh, um, bounced around between two companies, uh, sold a lot of different items. But uh, I was in a sales position, so did a lot of traveling. It um, you know, was on a lot of, Been there. That's a lot of sales calls. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, I'm glad I did it because it's, you, you got to learn how to sell. Um, and you're selling yeah. yourself in every aspect of your life.
0: But, um, you know, it was... Uh, I've started doing that with my kids, by the way, or at least my six-year-old. He's always wanting to come up with, um, he, hey, dad, I like this game you know, can I get it? And we've got this thing where now when he earns money that we, uh, we'll say, okay, well, you have this much money in your bank. Do you want to spend it on this? Or do you want to wait for something else? And there are times that when he will earn stuff just for like being a good, you know, big brother and helping his sisters out and whatnot. And he'll come say, Hey, you know, can I get this? Because I was, you know, I did this thing that you guys were asking me. I was like, well, I'm not sold on it, but continue. Tell me, tell me why you think you deserve this. Right. And right. so already at six years old, I'm trying to implant that seed in him that you've, you've got to, and he gets so frustrated, so funny do this. <laughs> and, and so, you know, the first time he came in and he, he just kind of laid this, I wouldn't say it was a good attempt for a six year old. I was like, all right, I'm going to give it to you. But the next time he came back, he kind of took the same angle. And I was like, I'm not sold you're gonna have to go back (laughs) and so we did three revisions of that and the last time like he came in here was almost crying you know and uh I was like all right now we're getting somewhere now and he came in he made his pitch and I was like the only thing and you got to go back and do this again you got to come back in here like a man and stand up and not be like acting like you're defeated and gonna cry and sell me on exactly what you just said and he took a deep breath he walked out the door came back in and he did it I was like okay, you sold me, That's I the game, you know? And so yeah. um, I, I agree with you. I think everybody needs, not everybody, it's not for everybody, but I, 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 for our kids, they're going to go through sales one-on-one their entire, you know, starting at six years old. Right is when they're yeah, gonna start.
1: It is, um, man. It's, it's so important. I'm, and it's great that you're doing that because again in every aspect of your life to at some point you're selling something, you know, whether you're selling yeah. your yourself to your your spouse or uh, you know, pitching a business idea and everything in yeah. between.
0: Um some might say the best sales um call that you make is is your is your spouse, right? I used to work for an organization and part of their interview process was they would they would look at who your spouse was right wrong or indifferent really? they would look and they would say if you had an attractive spouse they felt like you could sell and that was that was part of their interview process and i i didn't find this out until later and um uh anyway i won't get into any of that but i was like, <laughs> I was like all right so uh, i feel like i can sell <laughs> <laughs> um but so you started out making 35, but then at some point in time, you started making some decent money, right? What What does decent money look like for uh, Chattanooga? I mean, you know, yeah. W-2, right?
1: Yeah, W-2. I mean, if you're making, you know, 55 to $65,000, you're living pretty comfortably. Um, yeah. You know, as, as long as you're living within your means, which, you know, that's a whole different subject. But, um, you know, we were make, I was making pretty good money. I think it was, you know, around 60,000 with, uh, you know, with with bonus incentives and uh, commission incentives as well. Yeah.
0: Um, but, but you weren't it, happy though. You weren't, you no, weren't happy with your W2.
1: No, I wasn't. Uh, you know, and when I started this real estate business, that's, that was my first goal was, uh, you okay. know, to get out of my job. Obviously, as soon as I started real estate, I read rich dad, poor dad, which, um, I know it's a cliche, but everybody says it, but it's true, man. It, it just I, changes your life.
0: It's a it. It was a fundamental shift in the way I looked at at making money and providing for my family. So I I don't think it's cliche at all. I I um you know just on a personal note I struggle with a lot of what Kiyosaki talks about today. He's all doom and gloom, mm-hmm. selling gold yeah, and silver. I there may be something to that, but I I just I I want him to get back to how I discovered him, right? And yes. it was as rich that poor dad guy that just. Anyway, it is what it is, but I don't think it's cliche at all, man. I think that book has, has changed so many people's lives, including my own, that when I, you know, I first found the book when we were pregnant with our first, you know, we were three or four months pregnant with our first uh, kid. And um, do you have kids yet? I do not. Okay. So when you guys get ready to do that, reread that book when you have those father eyes that come to you, right? You're like, oh crap, I'm about to be a dad. I think it's going to open up just a few more things for you that you didn't, you didn't see being a, uh, just a husband. Right. And mm-hmm. so my point being is that I, anybody who's been around me for the last five years, when we find out they're having a, a baby, that's the one book I'm going to send them with a gift. I'm going to send the, the guy a gift. And it's, it's that book because it has meant it. so much. It, so I don't think it's a cliche. I, I think it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why were you, why were you not happy with your W2? I mean,
1: honestly, I just, I just wanted to work for myself. So, I mean, the, the, guys, yeah. the guys I worked for, I, I liked them. I mean, it wasn't anything that I worked for a bad company. Uh, you know, the job was a grind, but, um, you know, I had a lot, I had a lot of respect and a lot of admiration for the people that I worked for. Um, it just wasn't what I wanted for the rest of my life.
0: Um Did your mother, does your mother-in-law or future mother-in-law realize that and then say, Hey, let's go check out this real estate investing thing.
1: Maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know. Me and her, (laughs) me and her are wired. We have very complimentary skill sets, but we're wired the same way. So I think she knew, you know, I would bring a lot to the table and she brought the construction side, man. I mean. When okay. I started this. It was pathetic. Like, I, I, what little I knew about <laughs> construction, man. I knew like a, what the difference between a Phillips and a flathead screwdriver was, but that's probably about it. So,
0: uh, but I had a
1: financial background. I graduated in finance, and uh, you know, obviously, as a salesperson, you're doing a lot of marketing and advertising. So, I had that. I had that skill set, and pretty much how it started, uh, we started out just pumping a lot of flips. So, uh, you know, I would manage the front end of the work once we bought the house. Here you go, Christy, take that. Um, she would take it towards the end and then I would ahead handle the back end of it. Um, and in the middle, she taught, she taught me, um, just the basis of construction and how things get, um, and there, there's no way I could have done this uh,
0: <laughs> on my own at that point in my life. That's awesome. Do you guys still partner on deals today?
1: Um, we talk about it. Um, so what we, we have a pretty good relationship. So she started her own business doing, um, high end luxury cabinets. I mean, jobs that she does. Wow. Okay. People pay that much for cabinets. Um, but she still supplies all of our cabinets for our jobs. And, um, you know, I think she's getting the itch to get back into it. So I think it's definitely going to be in the pipeline down the road.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So in my notes here, it says that in the beginning, while you're working at W2 and you started dabbling in real estate a little bit, you treated your real estate business as a hobby. What what does that actually mean? What does that mean?
1: Well, and I didn't really realize this until a year ago. Um, I thought I was a really good rehabber until I quit my W two W two and my margins increased, you know, 25, 30%. I was like, man, I really wasn't that great of a rehabber. Um, you know, I was traveling a lot. Um, and I just didn't have my thumb down on the pulse. Um, it, we, we were both guilty of that. And, um, you know, we started out strong and then as, uh, I started getting paid more and more responsibilities got thrown on me in my W-2. Then things in this business started to slide a little bit. Um, and it it didn't take until once I quit my W-2 and then started focusing full time on this, I really improved efficiency, set up better systems. And, uh, honestly, you know, found, found better crews, better, better subs to, uh, to work with, um, there was yeah. just a lot more. We could have been a lot more efficient, um, especially in year two and three um, of our business.
0: Very cool. So you, you put your notice in with your uh, your boss, who you've done nothing but speak highly of here. What what did that feel like for you, if you can remember back a year and a half ago? Was <sighs> it were you ecstatic, were you nervous, were were you having cold feet the moment that it went down? Uh, what, yeah, it was more of that. <laughs> um, I, I was not ecstatic. I was freaking out. Um, and but well, you still did it,
1: uh, so yeah, I did it. And, and honestly, you know, my wife really helped encourage me that. You know, I told her, I said, "Hey, I, I want to quit my job," and she's like, "Good, you need to. You're miserable." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I was scared, man, and I and I wish I'd have done it years ago. And I think, uh, you know, I think I'd be in a little even, a, a, a better position than I am now. But it's you just got to get over the fear and take the leap of faith. And, um, I wish I'd have bet on myself earlier. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm so glad I did. Um, but there is a, there's a price to pay for freedom and be able to make your own schedule and do what you want to do. Um, yeah. and I know you experienced the same thing, you know, last year with, with, uh, you know, your situation with the COVID layoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's a scary feeling and you feel sorry for yourself a, a day or two and then, uh, <laughs> the world don't stop. You pick yourself up and keep going.
0: Keep getting after. Yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I think being laid off. No, I know that being laid off is the best thing that's ever happened to me because I I don't think I would have had the guts to quit, you know, and there, there are uh, a handful of people in the mastermind that have, have made that transition. And there are a couple that are just on the cuff and you, you, you know, just through conversations, you know, mentally they're, they're just not there. And I sit there and I talk to them. I was like, but okay, I didn't quit. Okay, I got laid off and I had to adjust. What I can tell you is on this side of that river, it, you just need to stop doubting yourself so much, because you're going to you don't realize how much mental capacity is going to open up for you and how much time freedom is going to open up for you to get creative to fill in these gaps that you think you have right now. And it's just one of those things where I, I can't, I haven't figured out the words yet to explain it to them. Um, and also, and there's one rule of the mastermind, right, is you can't, if somebody asks a question, you cannot answer with, well, I read this in a podcast, I read this, you know, or I read this in a podcast, I read this in a blog, I heard this on a podcast, if you answer, you has to be based on your experience, right? So I, I kind of lean on that rule a little bit and say, well, I don't really have the experience to say that I, I quit. I, I got laid off. That's my story. And I had to just, it's, it's very similar but, um, I, I'm still pushing those guys because I know where they want to be mentally. All they got to do is take that step of faith. Right. And, and leap right. And it is, is there. So, yeah. Um, and, it, and the big thing is, is, you know,
1: in your gut, when it's the right time. And in my, yeah, yeah. I knew it was the right time and just, just follow that. Um, yeah. I think this real estate business, you know, when you first start, uh, everyone says, well, half of it's, you know, it's all mindset. And when you first start, you kind of roll your eyes, but it really is. um, Half of this game is mindset. And, um, you know, I I knew in my heart at that time uh, it it was time to move on. And I encourage everyone, if you got that, if you got that feeling in your gut, follow it. Don't ignore it.
0: I had um, I've had uh, Dr. Gleb uh, Tespersky on the podcast a couple of times. And he's he's a neuroscientist guy, and he talks about you should never invest with your gut, right? And then I I'm reading a book right now. It's called Limitless by uh, uh, Jim Quick, and he mentions that now there there is some research that suggests that your brain and your gut are actually connected, and it goes into these technical terms, medical and technical terms that I'm not going to try to repeat, but it basically says that when you get that gut feeling it's not just your gut feeling telling you this it's something wired in your brain that's connected and it's it's one of those things it's 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 fascinating to think that so i i echo that man you know um if anybody's listening to this and you've got this gut feeling about whatever it is trust your gut because you're not just trusting your gut apparently because of new research you're also trusting your brain right Right. Um, all right so you quit you quit your w2 about a year ago. You've you, you said you've purchased 10 homes since then, right? Now these yeah. are these flips or holds? So there was
1: or? a little bit of a mixture of both. Um I think we flipped four homes last year. The rest that we did were okay. were buying holds. That's that's the strategy moving forward. Um, you know, we've only made two purchases since 2021, but both of them have been larger multifamily deals. Um nice. so we're we're getting into that. We've been primarily single family. Um but now this 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 year we're starting to dabble in a little multifamily. We bought a ten unit, uh, a couple of. Congrats! See it was two months. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, that was around two months ago, and then we bought a quad last week. So mm-hmm. uh, we've got right now with if you think about all the units, that, the ten units, all of them needed just complete rehabs. So we've got eight or nine units right now we're rehabbing. So right now I'm just like, let's just let's bang all this out first. <laughs> we we got to get uh, we got to get our uh, feet under us. So we're busy, yeah. but but definitely
0: blessed. Yeah. So I, I've, I'm wondering, you know, I've had some conversations with some banks, right. And, uh, about funding our deals and stuff like that. And now that I don't have the W2 and, you know, a lot of them turn me off the moment I tell them that, Hey, I'm no longer a W2 employee. I'm i I'm self-employed without even looking at my books. They're like, yeah, sorry. We're going to need to see some, some sort of, uh, I forget how they phrase it, but I've found a guy now that I think he, he and I are going to start working together. We actually have a, a really good deal I'm excited about, but have you found that banks are are working with you differently now that you don't have a W2 versus when you had a W2? How, I mean, how does that, does that play in at all for you? Hey guys and guys, I want to take a break from the action with Tyler. Incredible, incredible conversation going on here. In my opinion, if you disagree with me, let me know. I'm at J at com. but I want to talk about the mastermind or being part of a mastermind. Maybe not. Maybe the W2 Capitalist mastermind is not right for you. But if you're not around people that are achieving what you want to achieve on a consistent basis, you're doing yourself a disservice. And let me explain. So we have, uh, you know, the mastermind here at the W2 Capitalist. We have 20 plus virtual calls happening uh, every month where people can just dial in and listen about what other folks are talking about. And if it's your, what we call your home base, then you're going to get put on the hot seat and be held accountable for what you said you were going to get done and and, and really put yourself out there and say, okay, by this time, by by this time uh, we have our next call, I'm going to get X number of things done, right? But let me read to you. This is something that posted in our private community, something the mastermind has as well, but post on um, uh, yesterday, right? It says, on Tuesday night, I was listening to the call and you all were keeping me awake on the 110-mile drive I was having to make to, to get home. I had made an offer. Now, this guy who's riding this uh, is a um, mobile home guy, right? He specializes in mobile home parks. And not only does he uh, specialize in mobile home parks, but he moves them and has all the equipment and has a trucking company and all this. But he said, I made an offer to purchase a 20-year-old single-wide uh, mobile home. I had a great condition, right? So for $17,000, that was his offer. Um, the guy didn't need any more because he's building a house in the country. And then yesterday, so what typically this guy does, he will wholesale these units to park owners and then he'll just make some money off of the moving fee. Um, so he says yesterday, one of my park owner clients hit me up for more houses. Previously, I would have just charged him the 17,000 that I was going to, that I paid for it. And then the moving cost, right? Which is 7,000. Um, And i was more than happy with that so because this is a decent trucking and installation revenue but before i responded to him i thought about the call for a few minutes and decided what the hell i rounded up the price of the house just because i gave him a delivered price of twenty seven thousand dollars he didn't even blink and just ask when it would be there so right there this guy member of the w2 capitalist masterminds driving home trying to stay awake he dials into the call and from that call, he gets this idea that produced him an extra $3,000 that he would have uh, just left on the table, right? So that's what I mean by if you're not around like-minded people in a mastermind, in a truly run mastermind where you everybody gets a chance to talk and everybody gets a chance to give their feedback based on their experience, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? And if you'll stick around to the end, I'll give you a link to come check us out in the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. But for now, let's get back to it with Tyler.
1: Yes. Yes. And if somebody says it doesn't, then they're either lying or they're very, very experienced. I mean, it is, it is, uh, uh, it's, it's more difficult when you don't have a W2. So here's one thing yeah. I did. Um, I added my wife to my business. She's a W2 worker. <laughs> so <that helps> me. <laughs>
0: There you go. There you
1: go. Uh, so I did that. And, and, and a lot of it's just, just beating the doors down, man. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of banks that told me no, but, I'm just going to ask everybody until I can find the right guys. And, um, you know, you got to be willing to do that. And and I did. And um, just like you did. And, um, you know, now I work with them almost exclusively. And I keep using them until they stop giving me money.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like I have been told no so many times. And I'm talking about people, entities that I had relationships with that were decades old, right? And most of our money's there. And I'm like, well, we're looking to do this. I'm like, yeah, but you don't have a W-2 anymore. I'm like, but you're not even looking at all this other stuff. And they're like, sorry, right. man, that's our policy. And I, I've been told that so many other times. Uh, a lady in the mastermind uh, sent me, you know, everybody talks about local banks. And I'm like, local banks are are more common or are, are about as common as Bigfoot, right? At least in our area. There, there's not a whole lot. But she said, no, 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 go, go talk to this guy. So I set up, we, we had a meeting, um, we actually went and had coffee and whatnot that morning. I almost called him and said, Hey man, something's come up. And what had come up was I didn't want to be told no again in person. You know what I mean? So, but I didn't, I went ahead, I went and we had a good conversation for about an hour and it looks like we're, I don't know. We've got, I've got an LOI out. It's very, uh, looking forward to it. It's, it's a 16 unit, um, that I feel like we're going to get, but I don't want, I don't want to jinx it. Cause it's been a while since we bought Anyway, Oh uh, yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> I'm not a super, I'm not really a superstitious guy. Are you, are yeah, you superstitious at right. all? No. no, make your own luck. Right. Screw you're that right, crap. Right. No, no rally hats at all. Correct. Right. All right. So let's, let's talk about goals. We, we've already talked about a little bit, but if I understand it correctly, we're going to go back. You in 2015, you set a goal to basically, Replace your W two income with real estate investing income, right? But um, there's a couple of things there. Number one, you prior to that, you never really set goals. Is that correct? That, no, not for this business to me. No, yeah, not, not
1: before I started this business, man. I mean, I just I, I didn't really think about it. You know, I just <laughs> just kind of rolled with go or went with the flow. And yeah. um, you know, once I started investing in real estate and and meeting people that I wanted to be like um and learning from them that's when you know we started setting goals every year and um it's so important it's so important to write them down and and hold yourself accountable I read my goals I don't read them every day like some people do but I do read them every week um and just glance and just you know keep my priorities straight and um you know good refresher right yeah correct yeah
0: all right. So you, you set a goal to replace your W-2 income. That is, that is one journey of a lot of W-2 capitalists, right? Uh, to achieve yep. that sense of financial freedom, right? Uh, others just want to continue working um, with their W-2 to build a bigger nest egg or start building that legacy wealth. But your main goal to replace your income, you said that it didn't happen as quickly as you wanted it to. Want, yep. tell, walk me through that. Tell me you understand.
1: Well, I mean, when you get out of these guru courses, you think you're going to be the next Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: the way they, that's the way they
1: pitch it to you. So, you know, I'm sitting there like, "Oh yeah, give me two years, and uh, you know, I don't need a job anymore." It took a little bit longer than that. Um, you make mistakes, and you know, we had a deal or two. We lost some money, and um, you just you live and learn. And yeah. uh, it took it took us a little bit longer than we wanted to, or than I wanted to. But I don't know. I'm just always I always think the success is part of the journey. It is the journey. Um, right. And uh, it took a little longer, but, but happy where we're
0: at today. You, you know, and, and most people, if they're, if they're investing to achieve that financial freedom, you know, they think, man, five years, that's a long time away, but it's really not. It's, it, it's you know, really four not. years. It's, it's not. And most investors who are driven enough to, to go after that goal it's usually somewhere between three to seven years where they achieve Mm -hmm. that financial freedom. And, and, um, you know, I, when I talk to people about setting goals, I've got a couple of courses on that hold a couple of seminars on that or webinars, excuse me, is when I talk to them, I said, don't say five years from now, never, never say that because I fell in that trap where I would say in five years, we're going to be financially free. I can quit my W2. Right. I was like you, I was in a position I, I actually absolutely hated. Um, eventually changed jobs, and then got laid off, but or changed companies and jobs. But every year, guess what, my goal is the same in five years, in five years, the, the fundamental shift for me on that was when, you know, if I were if you and I were sitting here writing goals today, then on March the 16th, 2026, I'm going to do x right now it becomes real. Now it becomes mm-hmm. oh crap, get my button gear right because I only have five years right. I've got to right. so that's one thing about goal setting I've learned over the past couple of years. Um, one of your goals for 2021 is to obtain 21 uh, units right, 21 rental units. You just said you you acquired uh, a 10 10 unit small apartment complex and you have a quad. What was the other one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I wrote those to you, I guess that was a couple of months ago. Like I set my goals way too low. So we've, <laughs> we've, we've, we've already done that. We're, we're, already, we're already past 21. So, uh, so now I want to be at 35, I think is what I wrote down. I have to look at it. Okay. I think it was 35 by the end of the year. So um, that's, that's the new goal.
0: So another important lesson there is don't shoot, shoot low, man. Shoot for the moon, shoot for the stars, which we were supposed to record this back in December. And I cannot remember. I'm very certain it was something on my end that had to the schedule. Had to change. No, no, we, we, we had a, it was, it was on my end. So <laughs> So So two months ago, your idea was we're going to attain 21 rental properties by the end of 2021. You've already done that. We've gotten very close, and now within just a couple of months, right, or a few months, and now you're saying, okay, now it's thirty-five. Now, are all of these properties in Chattanooga? Because I hear Chattanooga is a real tough market to be in.
1: It's it's getting tough. I mean, it it it, it is. It's but it's still it's still a great rental market. I mean, you can still find deals all day long that meet the one percent rule, which you know is a rule. It's a guideline, but. Right. Um, you can right. still find those deals everywhere. Um, there is a lot of increased competition coming in from all parts of the country. Uh, you know, duplexes are going, that hit the MLS are going $50,000 over asking. Wow. Uh, it's wild. I mean, I haven't offered anything in the MLS in probably a year. Yeah. Um,
0: but It'd be a great time uh, to own a duplex and just put it out there yeah. and see how high you can get get for it. You're, exactly, you're <laughs> exactly right. You're exactly right. And, but I do a lot in North Georgia too. So Chattanooga, uh, okay. Chattanooga bus right up against Georgia,
1: um, so I invest in three counties, the three more northwest counties of Georgia. I invest in that quite heavily too. Um, but all those are submarkets of Chattanooga. Yeah.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. We uh, we just came back from um, um, this, not the Smokies, uh, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area, and uh, drove right through Chattanooga. I I forgot you were in there. I should have called you. Of course, it's a, it's an. I don't know if you hear my kids screaming now, but it's interesting uh, traveling with kids. You will figure that out here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, in, in your, in my show notes, it says that you, that going to be a real estate entrepreneur, right. Getting in the business for yourself and, and, and just investing and, and getting away from the W2, it changed your life. Matter of fact, you said, um, it changed your life in the way that you view money, the way you view time, the way you view discipline and the way you view relationships, which I think those four key components are, uh, if you can focus on those four, you're going to be a successful human being. But explain that in a little more detail. Like how has becoming a real estate entrepreneur changed the relationship with your wife? Right. Or how do you how do you look at money differently now than you did uh say a year and a half ago?
1: Well, we'll start on the discipline part. Um, because I I really think that is one of the biggest keys that separates um good real estate investors and, and the newbies and the ones that never end up doing anything or, you know, fail and right. give up, you know, we all only have so much motivation. I'm a pretty motivated person. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, but there's a lot of days you wake up and you're not very motivated. Uh, and that that's when discipline kicks in. Um, that's one thing that I've uh, always been a pretty disciplined person, but once I quit that W2, um, It's just a part of my life. You've got to be disciplined in everything that you do in this business. Um, You know, you may not want to send out uh, those mailers on a Monday morning um, or uh, whatever it may be. You may not want to make those cold calls. You know, I still do a lot of driving for dollars. I can promise you there's days I don't want to go do that. (laughs) But but heck, I got that 10 unit from doing that. Oh, really? um, Wow. Yeah. So there's days that you don't want to, you know, get up and attack the day. And that's when discipline kicks in. Um, and, and being in this business has taught me that. And, uh, you know, I th- again, I think that's one of the biggest things that separates uh, good real estate investors from, you know, the ones yeah. that never really do it. Um, yeah. You know, as far as relationships goes, it's, it's really helped my marriage from just a standpoint of uh, of just being happy every day. You know, I was
0: going to mention cause my, my uh, I mean, our stores are very similar with the job I was in before. I was not very happy and I was bringing that shit home with me. And, you know, my, my wife was like, who is this guy that I married? This is not the guy that I married, you know, just a year ago or so because there was some, uh, we were acquired by a a venture capitalist group. Uh, you know, if you've ever, if you've ever been in that situation, the VCs basically come in and say, all right, do more with less, because we've got to make a huge return on our investment. Right. And they don't really care about the whole culture or anything like that. And, uh, stressful brought it home all this other stuff and and she was encouraging me as well hey you you need to go let's go find something else to do you know let's let's do this so it sounds like your wife is very much the same way and it may have been out of just her own sanity It's like all right tyler is driving me nuts with, (laughs) with what he has going on so um just the fact that when we were able to get over that hump And it kind of sounds like this is where you're going as well, is that, you know, even though you started the marriage off on a good foot, you love each other, you respect each other, you want the best for each other. Just the stress and anxiety that goes away from all that is is just how it enhances relationships is incredible, right? Especially with those people who are right next to you all the time.
1: It does. So, and, and, you know, this business brings its own stress, you know, I'm not sitting here saying yeah, that there's, there's no stress as a rehabber. If you're a rehabber, you know, there's a lot of stress, but it's stress.
0: Excellent point.
1: It's all, it's all my terms though. It's, it's right. what I signed up for, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's those stresses that, you know, I don't bring home with me. It's just part of the business. Um, and I was guilty of that, man. I, I, I brought that stuff home. That wasn't fair to her.
0: Um,
1: and, and that's it, that aspect alone has changed our relationship. Um, yeah. Again, just wish I'd have done it earlier.
0: <laughs> me too, me too. I wish I would have never uh, had the opportunity to be laid off. I wish I would have had the courage to just quit and made it work. Cause I know I would have, you know. Um, discipline is one of those things where if you're a real estate entrepreneur or aspiring to be a real estate entrepreneur, you gotta have that. I think some of that discipline, you can offload to accountability. Uh, a shameless plug for the mastermind is that's what we do in the mastermind, right? And you and I are going to talk about that once we wrap up here. But, um, you know, having those people in your corner, keeping you accountable, and and it has to, in my opinion, it has to go beyond the people that are in your household, right? It has to go beyond your wife or your spouse and your kids and mother-in-laws, right? I think it has to go beyond that for people who don't have a biased opinion, about what's going on in your world, right? So if you show up in a mastermind call and you say, hey, by next week, I'm going to go driving for dollars. I'm going to send out 50 mailers and I'm going to make three offers, right? When you come back to the mastermind the next week, we'll we'll give you some leeway, but our focus is, hey, did you accomplish all those things, right? And then you have that added pressure of showing up and talking to the group and saying, no, I did not do those things, right? Mm -hmm. And it just, it kicks you in the butt it makes me want to do it. So I, I think the accountability piece and I, and I'm, it's really fresh on my mind right now. Cause we are today is day 75 of 75 hard for there's um, there's nine of us that started the 75. If you're not familiar with that, it's Andy Priscilla's uh, physical and mental stress test is all I'm going to say, but it's, it's um, 75 days straight. You have two workouts a day. One of them has uh, 45 minutes. One of them has to be outside you have to stick to a diet, drink a gallon of water, no alcohol, no cheat meals, and read 10 pages a day for 75 days straight. Today is day 75 and I am super stoked. No, that's <laughs> Today, awesome. it's, it's almost over. But there was there was nine of us that started. Uh, and if you, if you miss one of those tasks on a daily basis, you have to start all the way over. Right? So if Perfect. we were at day 60 and I didn't drink all my water, I would have to start back over at day number one. But... Wow. Nine of us started. Six of us are on day seventy-five. I don't know what we're gonna to do to celebrate, but we're gonna do something. And um, if it weren't for that group, I would have given up within two weeks of being into it. Like, That's tough. I would not do this. You know, well, it, it is. It, it is one of the more mentally challenging things that I've ever done. Um also very stressful. Uh, you're talking about the family and the and the wife being excited, I changed jobs and 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 you know, became a real estate entrepreneur. I'm pretty sure she's excited that this thing's over with (laughs) because I have not been the nicest person. I mean, you know, I I went from eating whatever I wanted to, to shrinking my diet down to 2,500 calories. And hearing this last week, I really turned it off and saying, okay, I'm only going to do like 1,500 calories. And I mean, I'm 6'3", weighed in this morning at 210. When I started this thing, I was 235. So it it Congrats, takes a lot of calories to to you know get this thing going. So I I've been hangry for the last seventy five days. I feel like and and it has shown. But anyway, uh without the members of the W two Capitalist Mastermind being there and motivating and keeping me accountable, wouldn't have done it. Right. And so I think the same. I say all that to, to translate to being a real estate entrepreneur. You have to have those people in your corner that are going to keep you accountable, of not sleeping in, right? When it feels, feels so good. It's raining outside. It's cool. It's a Saturday morning. Get your ass up, go get, go get done. What you need, what you said you needed to get done. Right. Um, right. Which again is mindset. And and you talked about mindset earlier, um, but becoming a real estate entrepreneur completely shifted your mindset. Um Versus where you were five years ago. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: I I feel like I could talk about this all day, so I'm trying to just give the short answer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, give the short answer. I mean, even though we started buying rental property early on, and I I got the concept of it, you know, I could see the return. And I guess three years ago, like I knew I was doing the right things, but I couldn't really visually see where I was going. Like I, I knew on paper I was doing the right things. I couldn't really see it on the financial statement as far as the rental properties go. And I kind of felt like I was spinning my wheels, even though we were making money. But yeah. once I quit my W-2 and I started buying more volume and increasing margin and making more offers and thus getting better at negotiating and, yeah. and, and all that, that's when I can start seeing even that's I, I told my, I remember, I think it was. Maybe uh, it was right when COVID really got ramped up, like in April or May. You know, that's when things really started ramping up for us. And I was like, I can finally see where I'm going, you yeah. know, finan- for financially speaking. Um,
0: well, so and think really- about this. I, I want to mention this, too, yeah. because you quit. Uh, you-, you put in your notice in December of 2019 The yep. COVID ramps up, you know. Yeah. And for most of us in the W-2 world, we had to worry about were we going to get laid off? But look at what you just sidestepped, all that stress and anxiety, because you were willing to take action saying, all right, now is the time. Now is the time I'm yeah. going to do this. And and I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but I, I'm sitting here thinking, man, if I would have just quit in, in 2019, I would have never had to deal with the stress and anxiety that's going to come with, oh man, am I going to get laid off? Oh man, who are my teams going to get laid off? It never would have but it, it all worked out. But you yeah. you just sidestepped that whole process. <laughs>
1: yeah, honestly, I haven't really thought much about that, but that's a good point. Um, but what I did think is when COVID hit, I was like, wow, well, this was a weird time to quit my job and do this full time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, real estate right now, I mean, we're in an unbelievable market. Um, you know, so I, I guess we can contribute that too. I mean, it's yeah. it's not hard to flip a house right now if you can find a good deal. It, it's not hard to flip a house. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah,
0: which has been it's the struggle for me here in Pensacola. Now, I it may be one of those things where I'm not trying as hard as I should. You know what I mean? But um, I want to ask you this. Where do you think the market, the single-family market, is headed for for Chattanooga and the northwest corner of, of Georgia? Man,
1: I, I think... Chattanooga is just going to keep growing, man. It's uh, it was one of the few cities that experienced you know uh, exponential job growth during COVID. Um, there's a wide variety of jobs. Uh, inventory, I can I think there was like I think on the MLS there was like 450 homes in Hamilton County that were for sale. I mean, it's stupid. Wow. It, it's it's unbelievable.
0: That's, for those uh, of you don't know Hamilton County or the Chattanooga market, that is extremely low. <laughs>
1: yes, extremely <laughs> low. Extremely low. Um. I, it kind of reminds it, me a little bit of where Nashville was. And I don't know okay. if it'll ever get that big like Nashville, but it just I, I kind of get that vibe. Um okay. I, I think I think single family homes in Chattanooga is just gonna keep growing. I, I know a correction in our in the real estate markets coming soon, sooner than later. Yeah. Um, we're towards that uh last phase of the cycle, but you know, Chattanooga didn't really get hit near as hard as a lot of markets did back in LA. Of course, that, hell, I was still in hospital then, so I'm not an
0: expert <laughs> as far as how uh,
1: how I didn't well, experience it personally, but I know it didn't experience you know the the type of downturn that you know Miami and Las Vegas and oh, yeah, you know, some of these sure. bigger cities yeah. had.
0: <clears throat> but as a flipper, you 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 need to be, I no, I'm 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 uh, violating the mastermind rule. Never flip the house, right? But I, I, my perception, this is my conservative. Nature and it comes in. You know, banks have not really been able to foreclose on folks for uh, You know, coming up on a year now. By the time this podcast come out, we'll we'll start to see. You know, because if you applied for forbearance, you were able to do it for six. If it was a federally backed loan, you're able to do it for six months. And six months, you could you know, reapply. So April was really the first month that people could do that. So we're about to see, you know, kind of how that's going to happen or what's going to happen. Now the government just come in and step in and kick this can down the road. And we never, you know, we may not ever see the correction, but as a flipper, I would be watching those numbers and, and seeing, I mean, obviously you know how many houses are on the market right now. And if that number starts to tick up, you know, if you've got some inventory yourself, you know, that may be the idea is that, all right, we've, we've got to start offloading these eight or nine properties quicker. Uh, we might need to start taking, you know, accepting some lower offers because I, I feel like once that bad phrase, once that bullets out the gun, you're not going to get it back because they're not going yes. to, don't feel like the federal government is going to say, and I could be wrong. I'm, I've been wrong before. It was on a Wednesday, 10 years ago, but <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I don't feel like they would get three months into all these foreclosures happening and then put the brakes on and says, Oh wait, no, no, no. Everybody else. You're okay. We're gonna, we're not gonna, there's nothing that we can do. We're gonna, you know, or there is something we can do. Banks are not going to be able to allow to foreclose on you and kick your ass. I think once it starts, it's just, you know as a society we're just going to suck it up and go with it but if houses start to come in the market or foreclosures if you've got a way to, to look at foreclosures if they start or pending foreclosures that would be the key for me to say okay we need to slow down or make some shifts anyway yeah
1: what I'm and looking I, at- I agree man yeah. right, right now a lot of what we're doing we're actually keeping so as far as something uh that we're flipping I'm I lean a little bit more conservative like you do. I know the market's hot. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's going anywhere for the next few months, but you still want to be kind of careful. Uh, yeah. So a lot a lot of what we're doing, uh, you know, one we might sell um, just because the market's gotten so uh, ridiculous, and it's not really a house <laughs> that I want my. It was the first rental house I ever bought. We've had tenants in it for five years. They just moved out. We're going to rehab it. Probably. I don't know. I'm fifty 50-50 if I'm going to sell it or not. Um, it's just not something that I would necessarily buy today. Um, so we might sell that, but everything else we're keeping. But I think as flippers, you, you be careful, you know, yeah. don't overextend yourself.
0: Yeah. All right, Tyler, we're gonna wrap up here. I got two segments left to do. One is called off the wall, right? I'm gonna ask you three random questions. They are family wow. friendly, okay. So there's wow. it they may or may not have anything to do with real estate investing. Like number one, right, let's do it. Toilet paper. Over or under on the roll? How do you set it up? Under, under, under. Wow! You know, you want to know why? Because yeah, because I saw because you're, com- one- you're a
1: communist. <laughs> no, I saw I saw an image one time where it was over, and someone said someone showed this picture of a spider that was underneath it where you couldn't see it, and I have an extreme phobia <laughs> of spiders.
0: So right, ever since right. then, I was like, no, I'm
1: going to see what I'm pulling out. <laughs>
0: So we've identified <laughs> that you are a arachnophobian. Uh, that's, <laughs> all right. All right. And I crawl
1: up under houses a lot. So I, I don't
0: really, it's, it's a big fear. But I crawl up, I, I'm in real estate. I crawl under crawl space and up scary spiders. Does your wife ever pick on you with that? Like, I, if knowing that, if I'm around you at any point in time, like you go to that extreme to turn the toilet paper the wrong way. I'm going to call it the wrong way. Because not, not my personal belief. But if you go look up the patent on the toilet paper roller, It shows the toilet paper coming over the top. Does it really? Yes. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, uh, but if you're going to that extreme, man, I am messing with you all the time. Matter of fact, when we get done here, I may send you a video that has nothing but spiders in it, which you can watch, (laughs) but it'll be fun. No. All right. So, question number two: Um, what do you think people undervalue today?
1: Um, there's probably a better answer to this. My, my first thing is financial literacy. <laughs> I mean, just...
0: That's no, it's solid. Because a lot of stuff. Yeah, it does.
1: Um, I just, uh, I think it's one of the biggest disservices our educational system does. Um, there was at one point in my life, I was There's financially illiterate until, yeah. until I... I know,
0: I've, I've got a conspiracy theory on all that, but I, I think the government provided education system does what it's supposed to do as far as financial literacy, right? I mean, you can't. Have people, you know, it's just. I think it's. Anyway, I cut you off again. I apologize. It's rude of me.
1: No, no, no. You're fine. But financial literacy would probably be my my first answer.
0: Okay, uh, I like it. I like it. Um, this is a good one. Something that you were accused of that you never did. And this is question oh, number three. Ever been accused of anything that uh, was false allegations? <laughs>
1: I can't, I can't think of anything PG-related. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Um, I'll have to take a pass on that one. All
0: right, so I, I got a follow-up now. We, we make sure we get three in here. What or who has made the biggest impression on your life in the last year?
1: Um, in the last year? There's a there's a local investor here in the Chattanooga market that I, that I really respect and I've gotten to know within the last year. Um, you know, we talk here periodically and he's really helped me um navigate that next step in my real estate business. Like, hey, all right, now you're getting to a different level than what you were a year ago. You need to be yeah. thinking this way. Yeah. Um, and, and he's really helped he probably doesn't even know it, but um, he's really <laughs> helped kind of guide me and put me in a different frame of mindset as I move forward into the next evolution of my business.
0: Gotcha. It's always important to have people like that. Uh, mentors, guides, right? You think about any any hero and you're your hero of your own story, right? There, every superhero has a guide, right? There's um, also a villain, but, uh, but you, also, <laughs> you always have a guide. You always have a guide. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for spending the last hour with me and us uh, for those listeners and viewers. If they want to reach out and connect with you or if they're in the Chattanooga market and want to find out what's going on, What's the best place for people to connect to you?
1: Just reach out to me on Instagram. That'd be the best way to reach me. You can reach out to me on Facebook. uh, Just search Tyler Hughes. Or if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, it's uh, Tyler underscore Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S underscore R-E-I. You know, shoot me a message. uh, We can exchange information. And, uh, you know, I'm always down to talk about real estate.
0: Awesome. Thank you again. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you again for being here. And I I'm gonna catch up with you soon, man. I, I like what you're doing in Chattanooga. We've been spending a lot of time up in that area. Uh my, my parents are actually from Gadsden, which if you, you I'm sure you know where Gadsden is. And I grew Alabama. up like
1: 45 minutes outside of Gadsden. So I'm very Oh, really? Familiar. Where at? So you know you know Fort Payne, Alabama.
0: I do, yeah.
1: I, graduated, I I went I uh grew up about 15 minutes north of Fort
0: Payne. Okay. All right. I do. So I've you went you to Jacksonville state, didn't you? I did. Yep. Jacksonville state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a nice place. Nice place. I will say that in, in regards to Fort Payne, if, um, you may not even know this cause it happened so long. I think I was five years old when I went the last one they had, but I, I went to June jam. If you, if you know what June jam is, I do So June that. jam <laughs> was the musical festival in Fort Payne and the headliner was obviously Alabama. Alabama, right. So yeah, yeah. so uh, our parents drug us to that i i would say i was five i had to be a little older now i don't think my parents would do that but it, regardless uh i've spent some time in Fort Payne anyway tyler thank you very much sir i look forward to connecting with you in the future thanks Jay. appreciate you having me all right before we get into suggested next steps i owe you a couple of links with the very first the intro i talked about the bank on yourself concept with my agent and podcast sponsor mark willis you can connect with Mark. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. He's actually done a couple of webinars. Matter of fact, if you're listening to this, we have a webinar coming up next uh week. Uh W2capitalist.com forward slash webinar. You can register for that. We're gonna talk more about the bank on yourself concept there. But if you missed that or you're not gonna be able to attend, come check out all the resources I have available for you at W2capitalist.com forward slash bank. That's w 2 forward slash B A N K to get connect with. Connected with Mark for your free 15 minute consultation. The second link that I owe you is the link to the mastermind. So it's w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. We're in the middle of the show. I was talking to you about uh, or interrupted the show to tell you about uh, or encourage you to be around people that are like minded and achieving what you want to achieve because you never know. It may just end up allowing you to earn an extra $3,000 just by tuning in, right? Just by tuning into what they're saying. So it's w2capolis.com forward slash mastermind. Now we don't let everybody in. So you do have, there is kind of a filtration process that we have to go through. And the first step of that, if you want to skip just looking at what we offer in the mastermind, you can go straight to taking the quiz, which is the first step and getting considered for the masterminds, w2capolis.com forward slash Quiz w2capitalist.com forward slash quiz. But next steps so, step number one connect with Tyler. He's primarily on Instagram. If you're in the Chattanooga or Tennessee area, I uh, highly recommend getting uh connecting with Tyler. An incredible, incredible guy, just seems like a solid dude. Somebody I would hang out with uh the next time I'm in the, in that area because we do frequently visit Tennessee throughout the year, it's not far from where my parents live. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to connecting with him and meeting him in person. Um, very, very soon. Right. So connect with Tyler. He's on Instagram. Second step. Uh, we talked a lot about Burr, flipping, wholesaling. There is a calculator. This is an affiliate of the WG Capitalist. And the reason why, and, and I use everything that I recommend for you to check out or, or use, I use myself. It's not somebody who's just paying me to say, uh, to, to you know, regurgitate a bunch of words, but I use it myself. And I want to point you to dealcheck.io right? And you can go to w2capitalist.com forward slash deal check and w2capitalist.com forward slash deal check to find some resources there. I'll show you how to use the software. I show you all the amazing things it can, it can use. And also uh, PropStream, right? You've got to be able to get that deal flow lead generation coming in. I personally use PropStream for that. And you can find more about that on w2capitalist.com forward slash PropStream. It's P-R-O-P s-t-r-e-a-m almost misspelled prop stream <laughs> uh, w2capolis.com forward slash deal check and w2capolis.com forward slash prop stream now you guys get out there and earn invest repeat